a lot of our lives asking questions. If you're the parent of a four-year-old here, then maybe you feel like you spend all of your time answering questions. But think how often in a given day we ask questions to ourselves, to others, in our heads or out loud. Where did I leave my hat? Why is there so much traffic this morning? Do you have plans for the holidays? Is Pepsi okay? When can we get together? What's happening over there? Does she like me? Who's a good boy? Perhaps the most common question in my own household, what? In this Christmas season, many of us find ourselves even busier than ever and perhaps more distracted than ever. There's a lot to do. How many days left until Christmas? Have we finished decorating? Have we bought all the presents? Have we wrapped all the presents? Did you water the Christmas tree? Do I really have to wear this sweater? But how many of us in the midst of this season stop to ask the deeper question, why are we doing all of this? I'm guessing most of us here can confidently say the birth of Jesus. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. But why was Jesus born? And why, importantly, is that worth celebrating? For many of us, that might actually be a harder question to answer. We can often give much more attention and get much more joy out of the way that we celebrate Christmas rather than the why we celebrate Christmas. Please open your Bibles with me to Galatians chapter 4. If you don't have a Bible, you can find Galatians 4 on page 974 in the Bible underneath the seat in front of you. And if you don't have a Bible to call your own, then please take that with you tonight as our church's Christmas gift to you. Our passage tonight dives into the depths of answering the two essential questions that we must ask of Christmas. First, what did Jesus come to do? And then second, what does that mean for me? So let's read together in Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5. The Apostle Paul says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this truth. We thank you for your word. We pray that you would reveal it to us as we study it tonight, that we may understand you more, but more importantly, that we may love you more as a result of having studied your word tonight. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're just going to take some time tonight to walk through the words of these two verses to see how does Paul answer those two questions. What did Jesus come to do? And what does that mean for me? So first question, what did Jesus come to do? Let's look at our text. Paul says, when the fullness of time had come. So Jesus' birth was not a blip on the radar screen of history, or even a particularly notable event compared to the rest of time. No, it was the culmination of history. It was the reason why God created time in the first place. All of time was leading up to this very moment. Literally every event in history pointed forward to this night. It's that important. And because it's that important, that's why we need to understand why it is 
that we're celebrating tonight. Why it is that we do all of the things that we do. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son. So who is Jesus? This passage says the son of God. The Bible says Jesus is God's son. And when it says that, it doesn't mean that he is a little lesser God that was created by the true God one day. It speaks of Jesus as God himself. The Apostle Paul says of Jesus in Colossians 2 that in him the fullness of deity dwells bodily. God himself, the second person of the Trinity, because no one else could do what Jesus did then no one else could come. Only God himself could rescue his people. God sent forth his son born of a woman. So in order to save his people, God himself had to take on human flesh to become one of us. Jesus Christ was the son of God in human flesh. Fully God and fully man, the Bible says ever existing with the Father and the Spirit in the unity of God in eternity past, yet coming to earth and being born a helpless baby to a virgin in Bethlehem. Our minds can't imagine what it means to be the all-knowing, ever-present creator of all things and to forsake the glories of heaven and enter the mess of earth. But God did just that. In the person of Jesus. Why did he do that? Well, Paul says he was born under the law to redeem those born under the law. So if Jesus is to be the sufficient redeemer for mankind, then he needs to be one of us in every way. Born in human flesh and born under the weight of God's perfect law. The holy standard that God gave to his people Spelling out exactly what it means to be blameless in his sight. To be holy as he is holy. But only God could hold to that perfect standard himself. So Jesus did what we could never do. He fulfilled the perfect law of God. He upheld every last part of it. Living the perfect life that we, born under the law, could never live. So to answer the first question, what did Jesus come to do? Well, he came to redeem those under the law, Paul says, from the punishment that the law required of those who could not keep it for themselves. What does redeem mean? Redemption means paying the price to obtain something or to set someone free. So Jesus obtained us. He set us free, but to do that, he had to pay the price, and the price was his own life. Jesus paid the price for his people, not only by living the life that they could never live, but dying the death that they deserved for not fulfilling the law of God. The price of our redemption was Jesus's own life. I like the way that one English translation of the Bible renders perhaps the most famous verse in it. It says, For God loved the world in this way. He gave his one and only Son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. 
God sent forth his son, Paul says, and John says that was the way that God loved the world, was he sent him forth. God sending his son was an act of love, and Jesus came to give his life away so that all who trust in him may have eternal life. But Paul isn't done. He has more to say about why Jesus came, and that brings us to the answer for our second question. What does that mean for me? Why did Jesus, the Son of God, take on flesh, enter this sinful, fallen, broken world, living a perfect life, dying a sacrificial death to redeem his people? Why did he do that? So that, Paul says, we might receive adoption as sons. Did you notice that now Paul has a pronoun in there. Everything else so far has just been described as happening out there. God did this. This happened. But now, Paul brings us into the equation. Jesus didn't do his work so that some abstract, random people out there might be saved, but so that salvation would be freely given to everyone who believes, including you and me. If someone asked you, what is the meaning of Christmas? And you said, Adoption. I think you would probably get a funny look in return. But according to Paul, that's what this whole thing is about. Jesus didn't come to give us something. He came to make us something. Jesus became what we are, human, so that we might become what he is, sons of God, Paul says. Beloved by the Father, looking forward to, to a glorious inheritance of life forever with him. We didn't earn that for ourselves. Jesus freely gives it to those who believe. So the question we must ask now that we have answered these two main questions is, is that true of you tonight? If you have never heard or understood what Jesus came to do before, then let me invite you to believe this for yourself. If you have never repented of your sins and turned in faith to God for forgiveness, then I must tell you tonight the answer to the question, what does Jesus' work mean for me, is nothing. If you have not trusted in God for the redemption Jesus bought with his own blood, then at Christmas Jesus did nothing for you. You have not been redeemed, and you have not received Adoption as a son of God. But for those who will turn in faith to him, then you will know the greatest Christmas gift that has ever been given, which is God himself, giving himself to bring you to himself. Come and believe. Come and be made new. Come and live forevermore. So in all of your plans tonight or tomorrow, maybe over the next week, then I'm sure you'll be asking and answering many more questions. When will dinner be ready? Who wants to watch It's a Wonderful Life? What do you say to Grandma? How many cookies is too many cookies? But in the midst of that, make sure that we're not losing sight of the deeper questions. What are you really celebrating? Have you been redeemed from the curse of the law? Have you been adopted as God's son? Have you repented of your sins and trusted in Jesus, born for you, 
to give you forgiveness of your sins and everlasting life with him? Those are the questions that really matter. Let's pray. Father, as we go through this Christmas season, may we not lose sight of the reason why we are celebrating. In the midst of all of our family gatherings and gifts and singing and eating and so many good, glorious things that are gifts from you, Lord, may we not lose sight of the reason why we are doing it. You loved your people enough to not leave them in bondage to sin, but to fulfill the perfect requirements of the law and redeem them so that they might be adopted as sons of God. What a glorious truth. May we never forget that. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.